I'll be reading Psalm 94, 12 in verse 13. Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law, that thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit be digged for the wicked. That phrase, the days of adversity. The question comes, why are so many Christians finding themselves going through adversity, things against them uh, regularly. Why? You know, one of the things is God says, I can't give you the rest if you don't go through the adversity. And that's very, very true. But when we look at someone who's really suffering, someone who suffered loss, someone who's really hurting with their health, someone who's suffering financially, someone who's been persecuted and left alone, someone who's been betrayed, Someone who is really at the bottom, like Job. Job got it all. Job had all of those things happen to him that I just mentioned. And he had a life full of adversity. And he did ask for pity and he asked for his friends to, to please uh, consider him and help him. But the truth of the matter is, one of the things I want to bring up is adversity it is bad, and nobody seeks it out. Nobody says, I want to have adversity all my life. No, but this is the thing. Adversity gives you an opportunity. You don't have this opportunity if you don't have adversity. This, uh, this benefit or this uh, possibility that I'm going to give you does not come through easy times, blessed times. It only comes one way. It comes through adversity. And what this is, is an opportunity to prove God is God. It's an opportunity. You get, you know, next time you're suffering and you're feeling sorry for yourself, try to remember this. And I, I will try to do the same, but try to remember this. This is an opportunity, my suffering, to prove that grace works and that God's grace is sufficient. Didn't Paul say that? I'm going to prove that God loves me. This is an unbelievable opportunity for me to overcome and win and have patience and prove the will of God. That's why David always said, it's good that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. It's good. These things are good, even though we hate them as the going through it and we never seek it out. These are times you get to prove God is, is God. And I'm not saying God is real because God is real to us all the time. But we, he gets to prove his, some of his greatest attributes in us, that he's the God of all grace, that he loves us more than anyone, that he will give you an overcoming spirit and that you will overcome the world and that you will get this rest. You cannot have rest without adversity. Lest we forget that. Sometimes we do forget it. We long, long, long for rest, and we all like, we love rest, and we love peace. But there has to be some days of adversity. That's why he said in the verse, until the day the pit be digged for the wicked. We're going to keep going through adversity and proving that there is a God. You say, boy, all this adversity is making me wonder if there's even a God. Well, you're looking at it wrong. God is showing himself in getting you through this and strengthening you through the adversity. And I've said this many, many times. 
strength comes through adversity, not through strength. You don't get strong by sitting around and everything going your way. You get strong by fighting and winning. Doesn't the Bible say if you faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small? You have to learn to not faint, but overcome. And sure, our, our, our strength is always small, but God's strength is great, and God is able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. The great opportunity of adversity, there are benefits to it. We don't have to whine too much. We, we can look to God and prove that He is as great as we know that He is. Think on these things today. Paul's famous statement in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9, explains some amazing things to us. It's interesting because Paul is talking about when he was caught up to heaven and saw the vision of paradise. And he said, I will not glory in that, but what I will glory in is all my weaknesses and infirmities and the, and the afflictions that I've gone through and how God brought me through it. That's the thing to glory in. And so, because that keeps you humble and keeps God great. But Second Corinthians 12, verse 7, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Notice, he says, Most gladly I glory in my infirmities, rather over actually getting a visual look at heaven and hearing the wonderful words of heaven because he knew this would keep him in a good spirit of seeing God continuing to work and that he was not done with his race down here on earth. And so, you know, it's it's the strength. God's strength cannot be perfected through our strength. God's greatness cannot be proven or shown through our great things that happen in our life or even through it. God's strength can't be perfected in your strength because most of the time you're dependent on your strength. And so on the, through the, uh, on the opposite, he rather his greatness and his strength is shown in our weaknesses. Why? You think, why is that? Well, it's because the glory becomes all his the glory is all to God's, and He comes through. So this is, we have a treasure in earthen vessels. I've always thought about that verse a lot in 2 Corinthians 5, because we have God dwelling in us, the God of heaven, and the full power of the universe, but it's wrapped up in this body of flesh, this earthen vessel, and it's a great treasure. But because of the flesh is so weak and so vile and so needy, it's wrapped up in there and God gets all the glory there's 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 really no need or room for pride so this treasure of earth and vessels is revealed fully 
when grace is king, when it's the grace of God, that Paul said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. In weakness, God comes in and proves all things. That's why Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. What's he saying? All of our weaknesses become a strength when God moves in. All of our weaknesses become an asset. Actually, all of our weaknesses become a blessing. A lot of the things that you struggle with become a blessing because you'll find that God does his work through you. And that's why Paul said, I want the power of Christ to rest upon me. The power of Christ is not going to rest upon you when everything's rosy and everything's going well. The power of Christ rests upon you and becomes a greatness and a strength through your infirmities, through your sufferings, through your adversity. So once again, like our previous podcast, this becomes an opportunity to prove God. So the the last time I said uh, adversities gives us an opportunity to prove God, infirmities of the flesh and weaknesses, that gives God the wonderful opportunity to prove himself in us. So we prove him and he proves himself in us, but all the glory rests upon God. It's all his. So let's think about these things. The things you're really struggling with are the weaknesses of your life. You'll see there, if you'll look and you'll accept the grace of God, that you're going to see a lot of amazing things taking place and you're going to see the power of God resting upon you. And a lot of times God's not going to pull you through this or heal you of anything. This is the Lord's will. This is the Lord's doing. And it's a marvelous thing. It's a mystery thing. We don't understand it all, but it's a wonderful thing. God's strength made perfect in weakness. Think on these things today.